Welcome to Cellmates, a bi-weekly podcast where Ooh. we, yeah, that's right. I'm letting people know how often this show comes out just bi-weekly. in case they can't figure it out. Bi-weekly meaning once every two weeks. Because that word has two meanings. It has which two meanings. defeats the purpose of there being a word We're We're the bi-weekly that also kind of is bi-monthly. Yeah, if that only... Ugh. Like, we're kind of twice a month and Words once every two weeks. Words are hard. Uh, anyway. Hold on. The epic Fortnite, uh, we've released every Fortnite. Oh, we Kids do are, release every Fortnite. That's right. Kids are into Fortnite these that days. That is true. You can't see us dancing, but we're doing all of that. I'm doing the floss. Uh, Dick Ward, this is a podcast. Wait, hold on. Let me start it. This is a podcast where we talk about two movies. We take, like, uh, two movies and we, like, throw a Venn diagram over them or we throw them into Venn diagrams and compare and contrast and say like what these two movies got in common likes uh these movies are usually Disney but not always usually musicals not always and usually good not always and Kate uh Phillips how are you today I am doing well how do you where would you say our movies fall in the good musical Disney categories I would say um we'll get there it's complicated right but I would say they are uh, small in stature, but big in courage. Is yeah. that that's a that's a theme? Like, anyway, like Easy E. Uh, happy month. Oh, happy, happy Mouse Month, everyone! Happy Mouse Month! Happy Mouse Month! As we know, it's Mouse March. Mouse August. Mouse August. All right. So that doesn't work. Uh, Mouse Month is Kate. Uh, a week or two ago, Dick asks me, hey, Kate, you want to do a Mouse Month? And I laughed in his face. And you said no. I said no. And then we did it. And then there were just too many. There are so many Mouse movies. Yeah. Specifically from one decade of animation. Yeah. Like full length Mouse movies. Like you there think was of, a time. You think of Mice in Animation, you think Mickey, right? Sometimes, like, yeah. Mickey I think of Danger Mouse. A mo- of movies? Well, you or, said no, animation. animation. I said animation. I don't think about Disney think or Danger Mickey Mouse. movies. I think Danger Mouse. Okay. Yeah. Well, and Mole Rocca. That's weird. Or Morocco Mole. Anyway, Whatever. it all started with a mouse. It all started with a mouse. According to Walt. But like, or a, I guess a rabbit, though. Mickey, right? yeah, but he lost rights to the... Um, yeah, Mickey doesn't really have a full-length movie. I guess Fantasia, but he's not. That's not. Like he's it, got a Prince and the Pauper movie from like the nineties. He's like a TV movie though. So do we count that? He's I don't know. Got, like he's been in enough shorts to make a movie. Yeah. Like he's been a lot of hours of animation. Yeah. What is the Mickey movie? Wait, is it it's, just called the Mickey movie? Is I mean, that a it's thing? like Fantasia, right? Kinda. That's he's the yeah. mascot of that movie. I mean, he's the mascot of everything. Anyway, we're not talking about Mickey Mouse. We today. are not, uh, despite all of it starting with. But the a mouse. reason I gave in is because all these movies that we're talking about this month, one, four in an episode, like our Dinafor episode, sounded like way too many to look at at one time. And doing four movies at a time really, really works if, if some of them are not that good. Like and it some doesn't of them, matter. you can just half watch. Yeah. But we had not seen any of these, so we're doing two this week. Yeah. Hey, to, Kate, 
Tell me what you got in your hand. Well, uh, thank so, you for picking it up. Yeah. So that that sentence made sense. I know our listeners. I'll finish this see by that, saying but. we're in, it's in a total month because I don't really care about any of these movies, Damn. and I kind of just wanted to get it over with. Damn. But I will say that you know, Dick, we searched for a lot of these movies, mm-hmm. and we rescued four of the mice movies from never talking about them. We're doing rescuers down under. This, that's a fifth mouse movie. Oh. We talked about that and vetoed it. All right, so what's our drink? This drink is called drink? Search and Rescue. Okay. It is a lovely, like, cran- like you described it as cran apple juice colored. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's a thing we found online because uh, we looked up mouse cocktails and all of them look disgusting. Uh-huh. Uh, so the two movies we're doing today have to do with a search for a uh, secret community of rodents and a rescue not of a rodent but by rodents whoa boom today <laughs> we are speaking we're discussing venn diagramming uh the rescuers the original not, rescuers not down under no australia up here. over <laughs> and uh the secret of nim mm-hmm. nim nim I always spell that wrong the first time or two. Well, now it's that like you know, a it's like a USB plug. You know, you plug it in once and then you turn it over and it doesn't work, and then you turn it back over and it works. Well, now that you know it's the National Institute of Mental Health, you mm. might not do that. Nope, I still try. You wouldn't say health mental. I do N I M H, and then I'm like, no, that's wrong. N I H M. No, that's also wrong. N I M H. Yeah. That's uh, how I do. So these are two movies from a uh, Rescuers is nineteen seventy seven. Mm-hmm. Secret of Nim is nineteen eighty two. Mm-hmm. There is some crossover in the humans involved, but not in the studios involved. Mm. Um, wh- so one reason we paired these together was uh, Mouse Month. Yes. Woo woo. Yeah, there you go. Mouse month. Anyway, they both have like quests that the mice go on. Mm-hmm. But also, um, and Dick, I think most interestingly, we're talking about one of your favorite animation humans. That's not. No, that's true. Is it more favorite than me? I well, I find him interesting. And that man is Don Bluth. Don Bluth. Don Bluth, uh, who I I can't say I love too many of his movies, but I think, I, I really like a lot of his movies, and more than anything, I appreciate where he's like taking risks, doing things differently, going it his own way, especially during a time where Disney might not be. Yeah. So the Rescuers was his. Final, like, full involvement Disney in a, movie. In a, Disney a, animated movie. Yeah, because he directed the animation on Pete's Dragon Which is this, a hybrid. Or, like, during this. Yeah. And then he did, like, one short. Yeah. Um, and he worked... He's, like, an uncredited animator on The Fox and the Hound, which right. was 81. But after... Basically, after 77, he breaks off. He says, I don't like the way that Disney is cutting a lot of corners and getting away from its original yeah. you know, purpose and Walt's vision. I'm going to start my own animation company. Mm-hmm. He does. And The Secret of Nim is the first full-length 
feature out of that animation company. Yeah. And it's not it a, goes through a lot of different names, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it is at this point. But it's not a it's not a giant hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets him on the board. Yeah. Right. Like he's got a he's got points on the board. And people start paying attention. Yeah, I don't think it was a giant hit, but it was a hit enough, and yeah. Disney had a literal monopoly on the market. And it was a it was a critical hit. Mm-hmm. Like critics really really enjoyed that, and I I feel like probably just appreciated that someone else was doing someone else quality doing animated movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so before we talk too much about reception and, yeah. and opinions on the movies, let's uh, go to the backward in time one there's an easier way to say that i I do not have the words for that right now go for it uh the older of the two Uh the the older one or the backwards in time the backwards in time one the rescuers yes Uh, dick what is your history with the movie the rescuers so interesting um i know the rescuers down under pretty well the and rest that is, that is, the, that sequel. is the sequel to this, Made right? Twelve years later, significantly yeah. later. Um, which, like we talked about, these movies being made in like this weird period of a ton of mice movies. The Rescuers Down Under uh, was made in like the early '90s when everything was Australian for some reason. Yeah, we were like obsessed. We had our Crocodile Dundee's yeah. Outback Steakhouse, Yahoo Serious, like. <laughs> It, yo, I, say what you will. Young Einstein's good. Um, Wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Young Einstein? I thought you were making a reference to Yahoo, the internet company that no. I didn't know. What yeah. is Yahoo Serious? Yahoo Serious is an Australian comedian who had one, uh, not, I, I, it wasn't a, a hit, but I saw it as a kid and I loved it. And uh, then it was on Comedy Central like every day for a year. Okay. Uh, it was called Young Einstein. It's about how a young Australian man, uh, who is also Albert Einstein, uh, splits the atom uh, by inventing a way to put bubbles in beer. Okay. It is funnier than it should be. I'm sure it doesn't hold up. Cool. Yeah. All right. Australia. Nope. He, he did a second movie. Uh... Not as good? I don't know. Well, at that part, at that point, we have we were no all, way of knowing. We had moved on to uh, Crocodile Hunter. Yeah, we had moved on to, to like a different thing. Some other things. Yeah. But, so, so yeah, yeah. Rescuers, uh, I'm, I'm confident that I saw, uh, but I just, I don't have a strong, just a, didn't have a strong memory of it. Uh, all of it, all of it very familiar to me as I was watching it. But none of it was like, oh, I know this bit. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she goes in that hole. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I had not I had not seen this movie. Yeah, you had not seen this at all. No. Right? This, like, for some reason, it, like, didn't count <laughs> yeah. to me when I'm like, I've seen all the Disney movies. There's a, there's a slice of this in the middle. I feel like Sleeping Beauty, to me, was the last old movie. And then it picked back up with Little Mermaid. Yeah, there's a lot of... And for some reason, the ones in the middle didn't count in my child brain. There's a little dip where if you ask me if I've seen every Disney movie, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, probably. And then you're like, have you seen Fox and the Hound? I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. The Great Mouse Detective all the way through? Yeah, Yeah. I I think I've seen Fox and the Hound. I don't think I've seen Great Mouse Detective. But I saw the, the Billy Joel one, so... 
Oh. Oliver and Company. We'll get there. I loved uh, it as a kid. I don't know. Yeah. So I had no no experience with it, no intention to see it. I think yeah. there was a little of me that, um, like, by the time I could have been interested in seeing it, there was this, and the animators do talk this way, and I understand how the the chronological passing of time works. <laughs> but they throw Rescuers Down Under in with like, oh, we did Little Mermaid, then Rescuers Down Under, then Beauty and the Beast, then and Aladdin. I'm like, don't you dare put those words together. And it's fascinating <laughs> to me that you've never seen Rescuers Down Under no. because that was after Little Mermaid. But I didn't see that in theaters. That's, I mean, Beauty that's, and the Beast was my first one. So that's fair, had it come after Beauty like, and the Beast, maybe I would have seen it. Yeah, and it's it's one we often ignore. And I can't wait to watch it because I and hope it's, that... Down Under is not up. a musical. No. Not in the sense that Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast no. are. No. No. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there was there were some like quotes from Penny that I felt like I had heard before. Yeah. Like I knew the character of Penny better than I thought I did. Interesting. So maybe I had seen it in the background at some point. Yeah. But yeah. This was an interesting watch because we have not, we've done some like Golden Age stuff and obviously like... The reason we started this podcast is because we're giant fans of the Renaissance, but this is an unfamiliar age of Disney to me. Unf- so it was really fascinating yeah. to watch this for yeah. the first time. Uh, Kate, who's who's doing the cookie timer on this? I am doing the cookie timer, but you are doing the summary. Okay, so uh, if you're new to the podcast, we have a thing called a cookie timer, which is just a phone alarm. It's but not it, called a cookie timer. But we sing the song, cookies are done, cookies are done. Yeah. To it when it so ends. So feel free to sing along when you hear the theme come in. But what if I don't know the words? Just follow the bouncing ball. Um, I know those aren't the right lyrics, but I don't know the words. I need a bouncing ball for there, that yeah. part. Well, Kate, uh, so go ahead and set us cookie timer. Two I'm minutes on the rescuers. cookie timer? Yeah. Dick, tell us about the rescuers. Go. Okay, so there is a rescue aid society, which is a society of mice inside the United Nations. It's kind of like the mouse knighted nations. I'm sure there's a better way of putting that. Um, they basically seem to like get letters from kidnapped children and go and rescue them. Um, we meet Bernard, who's a janitor, and Bianca, who's the hot mouse. Uh, eh, it's just what it is. Um, so Bianca sees this letter from a little girl who's like, I need to be rescued. And she's like, okay, I'm going, who's going to come with me? And all the dudes are like, you, me. And Bernard's like, uh, what? And she's like, Bernard, you. So Bianca and Bernard go to save this little girl. Uh, they do some like cool detective work around New York city, which is really neat. Uh, and then they figure out that she's been kidnapped by this lady named Medusa, who's trying to catch sure a giant diamond uh this little girl penny is an orphan and she was like kind of stolen by from the orphanage in the guise of like we're gonna adopt you but i think they just steal her uh anyway they plop her down in a hole uh and make her like dig around in this hole to get to get precious gems and this big diamond which is like the devil's eye or something like that um bernard and bianca uh, find her, attempt to rescue her. It doesn't go well, but then they have some friends that come and help, uh, including Evenrude or Evanrude, depending on what character is saying his name, uh, who is a dragonfly slash boat motor. Um, some like moles or something. I don't know. Also, there's alligators. They're jerks. Uh, eventually, 
They rescue Penny, uh, get the devil's eye away from Medusa, and everybody lives happily ever after the end. Medusa doesn't live happily. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. Yeah, you were able to pad a little bit of that and not really miss anything. Well, you know what I did is I've learned from my past retellings where I spend the first minute of me telling about the movie. It's so easy. On the first minute of the movie. It's so easy to spend your time in exposition. I'm getting getting better at summarizing movies. That's what's happening. Yeah. Well... Hopefully I can learn your lesson one day. It probably won't be today. So what what movie are you are you going to be? Well, uh, oh, go should ahead. we should we give some kind of initial yeah some reactions of rescuers? Yeah. So interestingly enough, there's like a lot of what I felt were like not disconnected scenes like Alice in Wonderland, right. but there's not a lot of like our. I was surprised that you had to pad so much in the plot because I feel like there's a lot going on, mm-hmm. but there's really not. Like the, There's a lot going on in every scene, but it's not necessarily related to the plot. And the basic plot itself is pretty simple. Girl gets kidnapped, mice yeah. go rescue her. It is. It's kind of like I'm imagining like, like a, a thread from point A to point B, and every scene is kind of like a loop that comes back to the thread Mm -hmm. and then like a loop in a different direction. And it's just like, you start to, it, at least for me, it started to get a little tiring after a while where I'm like, I know where this scene is going to end up, but you're introducing new characters or like this unnecessary roadblock that I know is going to be solved in five minutes. It's like a cul-de-sac. It's like, well, why are we going around this if we're just going to end up back? Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a couple of moments like that for sure. Yeah. So I think my, I I like this movie more than I thought Mm -hmm. because I know that movies from the 70s tend to put me to sleep. Uh, This was a very sleepy movie, but it did not put me to sleep. And so for that, I thank it. Yeah. And I will say uh, I am more a fan of sleepy movies than you are. Mm -hmm. Um, This was still in some places a little bit of a chore. Yeah. just because, like you said, I was ahead of the movie. I'm like, okay, I know what's going to happen now. And, well, and there are no character arcs. Yeah. It is, there is a problem, you know how they're going to solve it, and they do, essentially. Yeah, and Bernard think, is the same mouse at the end of it. And that seems weird to me, since he's like not even in the Rescue Aid Society. He's a janitor, so he's got something to prove. You yeah. You think that they would do more with that, but he doesn't. He doesn't really. No. And like Bianca and Bernard don't really have, it's more like the the reason that you are invested in the story is Penny and she's done well. And yeah. I think we'll, well talk about that a little bit later. She's great. Yeah. Um, But it's not your kind of stated main characters that have anything interesting to do. Yeah. Even when they're at the Rescue Aid Society, it's like, well, we've always been able to solve every case we've been given. Right. You're not given a reason as an audience member to believe that they aren't going to solve this one. Yeah, it, it felt... Um, and I was, I was talking about this as, as we were watching it. I was like, like, there's a lot of action scenes that are like good, but not quite there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like attempts at humor and action together, which kind of aren't there. And I realized like, oh, 77. Spielberg hasn't shown people how to do this yet. Mm. Indiana Jones hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. 
if we watch this, if this movie came out after Last Crusade, or sorry, after um, Raiders, Raiders of the Lost Ark, I bet it would be a different movie because mm-hmm. there's lessons to be learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it, it just like didn't have that. But, but it also reminds me of Indiana Jones in that um, these characters, specifically our heroes, don't change from beginning to end. And I think part of that is something we'll talk about a little bit later, which is this is not adapted from a just a book, but adapted from a series. And and specifically, this plot is actually adapted from a second book in a series. Mm-hmm. So I feel, and, and to me, that makes way more sense, yeah. that it just kind of feels like another story yes. as opposed to the story. Which, again... Uh, I know this is a weird comparison, but Indiana Jones does that <laughs> well. Every movie is a different adventure for Indy. And different stakes. He's, and, and he's kind of and... the same guy at the beginning of mm-hmm. the end, but other people grow around him. And like the movies are just really fun to watch. Yeah. So um So another movie yeah. adapted from a children's book. Yeah. About feisty mice. Feisty meisties. Feisty meisties. Yes. Uh, is The Secret of Nim. Mm-hmm. It is also a series. Um, so that's another reason why we chose to pair these ones because mm-hmm. they're both based on series of mice adventure novels. Yeah. Which is like apparently great, a genre. Like all great movies. <laughs> um, this is actually mostly adapted from the first book, but it's Miss Frisbee and the Rats of Nim mm-hmm. is the first book, and then Miss Frisbee has a series. But she's um, not named Miss Frisbee in this one. She is not because the toy Frisbee, uh, they were they did not necessarily get a lawsuit from them, but they were like, uh, we don't want to deal with this. We're not Disney. We're this new Don Bluth company. We're just going to change it to Brisbee. Yeah. So actually, fun fact that, that they had recorded the name Frisbee with all the voice actors and then oh. had to go in and like sound edit. Like, oh my God. Instead of do ADR sound on, to do, bris- yeah. on all those Brisbees. They had to frisbees. like reverse engineer the audio. Um, also, um, just worth noting, these films had like the same budget. Yes. Um, like it's like and, seven million. And they were only the produced time. a couple of years apart. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's really interesting, like looking at what Disney can do with seven million dollars and what a brand new company can do a $7 million. It's a different $7 million, right? It's like, a different $7 Disney million. Disney's $7 million is like, we're cutting a lot of corners, we're being cheap. Yeah. But also they have this like animation team that's the best of the best. And they have... Don Bluth brings a lot of great people with him from Disney. Yeah. But it's and you still can, a startup. you can see all the money on the on the page or on the screen. Like You can see that money getting spent. So, but speaking also, of seeing the money, Dick, yeah. Uh, d- when was the first time you saw this money on the uh, screen? <laughs> to, like yesterday? Really? Yeah. I thought you grew up with this movie. No, I've never this seen this. This is news to me. I've never seen this movie. Oh. Except just now. I thought you just forgot about it. No. I had never seen this. You like, in childhood, you watched Don Bluth movies. I did not. Yeah, I mean, so Land Before Time, um, for sure, All Dogs Go to Heaven, American um, Tale. American Tale. Yeah. And Five Goes West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Those okay. are some of the movies I grew up on. Um, but not this one. No. And like, you know, this movie's not as popular mm-hmm. as the others. It doesn't have 24 sequels like Land Before Time. Uh, again, tweet at us if you want us to do all 24 Land Before Time movies. I'm down. Um, 
Well, once we get a Patreon. Uh, I wonder, uh, Jake, what else about the timing of this movie's release would have interfered with you seeing it? Why it was released on the day of my birth, July 2nd, 1982. Happy birthday, Dick and the Secret of Nim. Thank you. And the Secret of Nim vinyl soundtrack. Oh. Was also released on Neat. July 2nd, On the same day. Okay. Also, Bret Hart was born on July 2nd, but not 1982. Man. He's much older than me. So much history. Uh, yeah, I'd never seen this movie. I huh. did. I, I kind of maybe thought it was like a mini series or some kind of weird TV thing. Like right. Watership Down, right? Was a mini mini series on TV. Is that correct? That sounds right. And it seems like something from that time, like rodents, a story I don't know. Yeah. And no one's told it to me, so I assume it's not that important. Like, uh, it's probably it's probably something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I was actually really impressed with this movie. Yeah. I, I liked it the better of these two movies, personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because you can see the novel uh, origin in this one, too. Or we think we can. We haven't, yeah. yeah. Right, we haven't read any of these books. No, we but have not. But we can we make some assumptions. Read the Wikipedia plot summaries. That's right, we have. Uh, so, all right, I'm putting two minutes on the cookie clock. Ooh, cookie clock. Yeah, it's better alliteration. It is. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to plot summarize the secret of Nim and maybe make similar mistakes or different mistakes as I've Ooh. made in the past. We'll find out. All right. All right. Ready? Here I go. go. Mrs. Brisby. Whoa. Uh, we meet her. She's trying to uh, uh, persuade Mr. Ages, another mouse, they're all mice, uh, into uh, giving her a medicine for her son Timmy, who is sick. He seems preoccupied with a bunch of like mysterious things, but he gives her the medicine. Takes it home to her kids, uh, but, but not before she meets this crow, Jeremy, who doesn't seem to have anything to do with anything. But anyway, they uh, outsmart this cat dragon. Uh, so there's like Peril and other friends. And then you meet the rest of her family. There is an aunt uh, that might be a neighbor, but she's like terrible. But her kids are pretty, but Miss Brisbee's kids are pretty sweet. Timmy is sick though. And uh, it's, it's noted that there is a tractor because they live next to a farm. The tractors come early this year and they have to move their house to not be run over by the tractor. But that's a problem because Timmy is too sick to be taken out of the house. So Miss Brisby has to fly on Jeremy to see an owl. Uh, and that's scary. But the owl tells her, go see the rats. And she's like, what rats? Uh, so she finds these rats and every step of the way she's mentioning her last name and all of a sudden people are more interested in helping her when they hear that she is the deceased Jonathan Brisby's wife, widow. Uh, so she finds these rats, including this guy Nicodemus, who's like a wizard rat. Uh, they have this whole secret society of like technology and gems, and they um, came from this laboratory where they were given drugs to be more smart, but then they had to go underground because no one could know they're smart. And anyway, they have to move on because they can't live as rats anymore. They can't steal electricity. So... The rats are going to help her move her home, and they do, but this guy Jenner, uh, who is very much about, like, we need to help ourselves, not anyone else, uh, tries to destroy the house and, like, kills some people. Like, rats? It, rodents die in this movie. But they do move the house, and Jenner dies, um, and uh, Nim... Well, I didn't mention the word Nim, but it's not as important as it, the acronym. Anyway, uh, 
The Acro what? The Acro Nim. Whoa. They move the house and live happily. So that was well over the cookie timer. Yeah. Yeah. Just to, just to be clear. Not well over the cookie timer. Well I've gone well over the cookie um, timer. That wasn't it. So just uh, to clarify for the audience, if, in case they heard the same thing I heard, there's a cat. Its name is Dragon. Yeah. It is not a cat dragon. Oh. Well, Which is what I heard. Cat, comma, and I, dragon. I got really excited. I was like, there's a cat dragon? No. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a not. cat named a dragon. Also, it's not as important as you it's think it's going to be in the movie. Cat, it is though. a scary-ass cat. Uh, yeah. So this movie has a lot of things happen. There is so much in this movie. Uh, so this movie, it was clearer to me that like, Oh, you're adapting from a book, and you're trying to fit as much as possible. I think I we, s- I think we felt that even before I realized it was based on a book. Oh, I, I did know. Like, I think I forgot, mm-hmm. and then it was like, uh, you know, things were happening. I will say that this movie, and and you noticed this watching the movie too, that there were threads dropped early on that seemed just like. Oh, you're introducing too many characters mm-hmm. and subplots, but they tied together and they were picked back up. Like hints like were dropped. Like a bunch of multicolored strings. Like yes, uh, Jeremy the crow is obsessed with string for yeah, some reason. He's making a nest. Uh, yeah, but he got caught in them too, so he's not good at string. He's not smart. Anyway, he's not good at much. No, so there is a lot of happening in this movie, but it is easy to follow. It doesn't. By the end, it doesn't feel like there's too much. It just, to me, I feel like it's maybe a better than it is a movie. And I think it's an, it's a fine movie. It's cool to look at for sure. Um, it's a really good advertisement for now read the book. Like, did any of this seem interested or interesting? Like you can read several hours more on these mm-hmm. <laughs> on these plot lines. And this this movie, I'm just I'm realizing it now cuz I've been trying to think of like what it reminds me of. Mm-hmm. And Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like it start Oh, don't. <laughs> it starts yeah, it you you start out with a with a mom who needs medicine for her kid. It's mm-hmm. a very like like it's 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 more exciting than the beginning of Lord of the Rings, but it's a pretty mundane task. Yeah. I'm going to get medicine for my kid. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have to move soon. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, it turns out like there's all this crazy magic and stuff, and I will take the ring and I will drug the cat, mm-hmm. and like it, it starts as such a mundane adventure and then grows into a grand adventure. Mm-hmm. And I think it does it pretty well. I think it does it, yes, pretty well. Pretty well. The The characters are well animated in this movie. Oh, my I God, think yes. Over, certainly over the rescuers, where, like, I don't, like, if you're animating Bob Newhart, that should be a treat, but I felt like he was wasted in that movie. Bob Newhart is Bernard the Janitor Mouse. Yeah. He's, like, weirdly wasted, but, like, he is let... He is allowed to be Bob Newhart in his voice acting, but no one else in the movie responds to it. Yeah, they don't. They don't draw like you were saying. Like a part of Bob Newhart's comedy is in his physicality. Like 
it's it's in his face. Yeah. And it's in his like his like jitteriness that yeah, matches like, his voice. Like he's not a he's not a big mover, but he's no. like he's like jittery. He's a little like uh. He's got these like fine motor yeah. And that was missing in Bernard, so it wasn't like it, it just wasn't clear what was going on. Yeah, Bernard looks no different character wise than Bianca, who is Jaja Gabor, mm. like Ava Gabor. Ava Gabor. Ava sorry. Gabor. Apologies to the Gabor estate. Uh, yeah, so like she could be, and like she's dressed correctly, and she yeah. sounds like Ava Gabor, so like fine, but like she could be so much more fluid in her movements, whereas Bernard could be jittery. Like there is that natural contrast there that they don't play with at all. Yeah, there's there's not really besides costuming. There's not I really guess. enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, whereas the characters in Secret of Nim, they're not necessarily contrasting. Uh, they are like Aegis is like short and stout and Brisby mm-hmm. is like more the quote unquote normal mouse proportions. She's normal mouse. And even her like she has four kids and they all have different silhouettes. Yeah. I feel like the facial expression is done better in Secret of Nim. Yeah. Um, and I think that's perhaps I, I don't know exactly the specific like uh, uh, thesis that Don Bluth nailed on the door before he left Disney. <laughs> But um, I'd imagine that that's one of them. Like, I yeah. think corners were cut at Disney around this time. And, and facial expression is one of the things that loses out. And one of the, one of the things that, that Bluth um, complained about uh, at Disney was uh, Disney failing to innovate and mm-hmm. invest in, like, trying new things. Yeah. And just, like, going a very safe route. Mm-hmm. Um, and like in Nim, you can see so much experimentation. There is some neat animation in Nim. Yeah, yeah some really fantastic animation. The lighting in particular, let's yeah. talk about because oh my God. it the so the first scene that I skipped over is uh, Nicodemus like penning a kind of like diary entry on Jonathan mm-hmm. Brisby, who I also failed to mention. My plot was part of this. Nim society oh. he was tested on too uh anyway but it's the same um visual effect as ariel signing ursula's contract mm-hmm. which like in my head up until the point we watched this movie yesterday yeah. <laughs> was the first instance of that technical effect in animation and it was no gorgeous. it was seven years earlier mm-hmm. in this movie and like just anything that like glows or sparks looks super cool yeah there's like also lighting. that contract is clearly in the Harry Potter font. Oh, well, it's very, that it's very, like it's very lightning. Twenty years then, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, like they do glows. Like I feel like I know Don Bluth to be the glow guy, right? Yeah. Like Land Before Time has a lot of glow. It, it and reminded color me of, effect, but this is somehow better. Yeah, it reminded me of um, in Prince of Egypt when. They're walking through the Red Sea, and we see the lightning, and we've just got that mm. glow of the water, and there's the whale behind it, the and we both yeah. feel like, oh my god, that's beautiful yeah. looking. Like, like that, I feel like comes from like some of this Bluth yeah, experimentation like, that he's doing here. The the rats have like harnessed electricity from the farmer's home, yeah, so, in a way that their world is always sparking, but yeah. in like different like. Blue lightning, red lightning, green lightning, and it lights up the whole scene in this very realistic way. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've got these ambient lights of different colors coming in mm -hmm. and like giving mood to the scene without like being explicit. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes in this movie, but especially in like Land Before Time, mm -hmm. it's like this scene is red now. The and it can the, yeah. be a little much. It, the it character happens, colors change. Yeah, like, it happens a little bit in Nim, but it's not. It's like not. No, I think it's done well. Nim, I feel like I know what colors yeah. everyone is. Land before time, I have no idea. No, but uh, uh, these like ambient colors, these like color washes are mm -hmm. super effective. Whereas I feel like Rescuers has a very monochromat not like not yeah, just one color but like the palette is kind of the same from new york to this bayou where they chase no. medusa like it's a lot of like grays and like olive greens and there was burgundies. one visual effect you called out in rescuers though do you remember Ooh, was it the diamond itself no what do you you're making a fireworks. cheerleader fireworks. oh well those were just real right there's a scene where they're they're flying on the bird, right? Mm -hmm. And there's fireworks around them. And it just looks like animation on top of like filmed fireworks. Yeah, it looked like I don't think those were animated. But I don't know how they would just be filmed. I guess so. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I had like, forgotten about legitimately, that. Legitimately, I I'm not sure. And it looked cool. It didn't look hokey. Yeah. It, it didn't looked, look like live action really animation neat. mixed. Uh, I was yeah, I was super impressed by the yeah. fireworks. They were cool. There are, I will say, there are like the action scenes in Rescuers, which is which is like a third of the movie, but they're so isolated that it yeah. seems weird. It look good. Right. Like they're well choreographed, they're well animated, and especially like Medusa's vehicles look really good. Mm. Her car in New York and her like swamp buggy. Swamp boat. In the swamp. Yeah. Um, those are animated really well. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lighting effect there too with like headlights that looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. When she's chasing Penny and she's like, she's got like her searchlight slash headlight. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see like there's definitely like if Secret of Nim had been the next Disney movie, I would believe it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm seeing some of this technology and obviously oh. it just, it followed Don Bluth, right? He took what they had been working on. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like Secret of Nim maybe uses it more evenly as opposed to just here's a moment, here's a moment. Yeah, and and yeah, it seems like it's a bigger part of that movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like he said, oh, there's an electric rat land? Great. We're going to go nuts with it. Although that is... In the book, there's not the mystical portion to it. There's I not magic. I assume they're borrowing electricity, but they're just like regular rats. Right. These rats in the movie are like magical. There's like a gem. Uh, well, Nicodemus is magical. Yeah. And the gem I suppose gives Mrs. That's Brisby the only... magical powers. Yeah. So Nicodemus, like Nicodemus is a weird magical rat. Yeah. But that's not in the book. That's not in the book. Okay. Like Nicodemus is in the book, but he's not magical. He's just he's just a smart rat. Smart rat from lab testing. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Sorry, so I'm visually, just, I feel I'm just like thinking about the visuals. I'm these like, movies have things in common, but Secret of Nim takes it to the next level. Yeah. Um, Story wise, mm -hmm. there's a little bit more gray area. Yeah. Um, I think we both. It, well, what story resonates with you more of the 
two we've seen. We've seen them in the last week. Nim? Yeah. I don't know. Like, neither... So that's that's the thing, is I think Nim had a more coherent um, driving narrative. Mm-hmm. Had, a, you know, some reason for characters to do something besides... Oh, let's go do it. Which this is, is what we do. This is our job. Yeah, which is literally rescuers. Like, oh, come on, let's do it. It'll be an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Nim has uh, a story that that needs to be told more. And it is. I mean, it's a first book as yeah. opposed to a second book, and I think that makes a difference. But I don't think. I don't know if it's a particularly better story, because both of them are are kind of like uh, Nim for me is is uh, more interesting than the rescuers and it's it's better looking than the rescuers and stuff like that but story wise I'm kind of like like except for the bit where like I did not know there were magical rats <laughs> going into this and like we start going to that underground rat lair and I'm like <gasps> what oh it's really cool yeah um aside from that like there was there wasn't um like, I feel like the, the story itself is kind of like, yeah. Yeah. To me, these are both heavy plot stories mm-hmm. and very much from like a third person narrative's perspective. Yeah. There is a problem. It gets solved as opposed to like, this character has this problem and needs to grow, yeah. which is what you get Renaissance and beyond, like the very much talked about and then you know, mocked by Pixar, like the I want song is more than just a song. It's a feature of a story that a character needs to want something in order for the audience to be invested. Yeah. And in Nim gets closer in that, like she wants Timmy to get better. Brisby wants Timmy to get better, but there's no, and we were talking about this, that like, I kind of want to fix Nim because it's so close to getting like a character driven element rescuers is not like penny wants to be adopted i guess that's like a human story but it's not the focus yeah and it just kind of happens for her at the end through no no reason other than there's press involved when she comes back with these mice yeah if penny was the main character of rescuers i think it'd be a more compelling movie she's the best character in it and uh the voice actor is great um and i think nim um yeah, like you said, it gets closer, but there's a lot of decisions that Mrs. Brisby makes mm-hmm. that are not related. That like I don't know why she's making them. Well, and and you give her a reason. So this is what we we had been talking about. That like, so she keeps meeting these characters, and they're like, "Oh, Jonathan Brisby, you're his boy. Like, we will definitely help you. He no. saved my life." And she's like, "What?" <laughs> like she doesn't know that he's involved in this she, secret she's not, thing. She's not totally like what? She's like, oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll figure this out later. So I feel like she knows her husband was a good person. Like yeah. it, it was her husband. Um, and I feel like what, what I needed was, because the, the ending, like how she is able to save her kids from sinking in a swamp in their house because this evil rat has sabotaged them, is she is able to summon the courage of heart that this gemstone in the necklace needs to do great and powerful things. And then the 
the cinder block right of where their houses rises up out of the mud and That's true. it's because she like really wanted her family to be saved but yeah. also she's done she's she has escalated like she's able to see this owl who like owls kill mice yeah but she she's gonna see him anyway because she needs this medicine for timmy and she sneaks into this house of humans that will want to kill her if they see her because she needs this thing for Timmy and this is the next thing. And if you had established at the beginning that she's like, I don't do the big things if, for my family. Yeah. My husband did and now he he's did dead. That, and now I'm So just, now I can't do anything. Yeah. If it was like, oh, I'm just a mom. And right. then she's like. And then little by little she like, gets this courage of heart. Where you see, well, kind of she the, was, the Incredibles it was there track. all along. The yeah. Helen and the Incredibles track. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that just just even stating that at the beginning, the rest of the plot supports it. Yeah. Um, so I think that would have added a more emotionally resonant thread. I want to take a moment to talk about, uh, let's talk about Secret and Nim. And I'm just going to name, I was going to say some names. Nicodemus. Brisby. Aegis. Jenner. Timmy, Justin, and Jeremy. Okay. Uh, Timmy, Justin is my favorite. Timmy is Timmy is her son. Her other kids have like cool names. Well, right? it's like Martin. So I not like really. Charlotte. Yeah, they're like not but, but they're not Justin. But Timmy especially is a name that just makes me laugh because I think of like, oh no, Timmy's trapped in a well or like and I think it's tiny as, Tim. Yeah, it's coded as such. And I'm just like, okay. It's kind Timmy's of like sick. the weakling child. But then like fine. We have two characters, Jeremy and Justin. Like I I don't know. I don't think of the name Justin as existing in nineteen eighty two. For I, like, I guess babies, because that's. That's. Where I mean, that's fair, but like also two J names. Yeah. That are both like Jonathan generic, too. generic white yeah. guy names. Jonathan yeah, and is Jonathan. The dead mouse, yeah. There's so much J. Yeah. And they're not like, if it was like Jehoshaphat. Well, there's and Jenner, Jeremy, right? Jenner is like Jenner, that's weird. Jenner's but, an interesting name. Yeah. yeah. I I know. Jenner as a last name. I've uh-huh. never heard it as a first name. Yeah. Interesting. I'm listening. Jeremy, yeah. Jonathan. Jeremy's the crow. Justin is this rat who he's like the head of the soldier rats. Yeah. And like develops a quick crush on Mrs. Brisby. Oh, yeah. And they might hook up after the movie ends. Like almost definitely. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't really have a reason to be there. No. He kind of like facilitates some he- networking. He is in a fight scene. Yeah. That's why he's Yeah. There. Oh yeah, they I'm glad it she was re, it was redeemed at the end when she's the one who causes the house to be saved. Yeah. But like the fight scene with the villain, like she's like having right? Like she's having a conversation with him. Like don't let my house sink and Jenner's like F you. I'm the king of the rats now. Well, he's he like raises his sword to yeah. kill her. And then Justin and steps then, in. And starts fighting yeah. with them. And then he's got like a henchman who ends up throwing the dagger at him in the Which final. Which is, a, by the way, that there fight are... scene, like one, that fight scene is good. Yeah. It's well shot. It's well paced. That final like dagger throw. Whoa, that was awesome. Also, there are three characters you see die on screen you in see this movie. die and it, you uh, see. And in the same five minutes. And you see more than that bleed. Yeah. Every character that dies bleeds. Mrs. Brisby bleeds. 
the like, directors, there's a lot of blood in this movie. Their directors wanted a PG for this movie. Like, in part because, like, it's dark, yeah. but also to show, like, this doesn't need to be a kid's medium. Yeah. Um, to set themselves apart. Yeah. And I think it would have, except for PG-13 wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. It wasn't invented yet. So I feel like PG was read, was uh, this is saved still like, for, like, more of the PG-13 would be now. This feels so strongly in the PG category. Yes. But... Yeah, back then PG meant. A but yeah, you thing. had to you had to distribute it over the three. So, yeah. Funny, I had a um, VHS copy of the Mash movie. Okay. And well, it, it was yeah. awesome. Um, and the the box had an R rating, and the tape had a PG rating. Oh. It was confusing. Huh. Yep. Yeah, I feel like ratings were just kind of a wild west for a, uh, for a while. Yeah. yeah, they still kind of are. Yeah, it's all a mystery. Yeah, I uh, yeah. So we've been uh, leaning toward Nim lately because we've been talking about story, so that's appropriate. Yeah, Rescuers doesn't have a story, and I'll say I I enjoyed watching Rescuers. Um, Definitely more than you did. Um, there were some, there are some really great moments. Um, I think the action scenes are really fun, but like, it's hard not to complain because there are so many sleepy scenes. It's paced really weird. Yeah, and I feel like it's paced appropriately for what I know seventies movies, like live action movies. Mm-hmm. To be in that there's like a lot of, I feel like a big portion of this for me is sound editing. Like there is so much dead air between characters in a dialogue. Yeah. Like they clearly, either they did not have Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor in the same room. That's probably most likely. Or if they did, they were like so concerned about the separate tracks. that It's just like no one interrupts each other. No one speaks within like two seconds of each other. Right. Two seconds is probably exaggerating. And there's, but there's so much silence. So much. There's not, you talked about this that like score is missing mm-hmm. in this movie. And I think parts of Secret of Nim too. Yeah. Um, the Secret of Nim, there, there were the some moments parts where are scored well. score and sound were just not there. And oh, rest- yeah, like the equal is like if characters are off screen. There is a an, an intention to make them sound quieter, but they're so quiet that you can't, you hear, can't them. hear them. <laughs> I meant I meant more like sound effects. Oh, where like there's a point in Nim uh, towards the beginning where um, Mrs. Brisby or Jeremy, I forget which, like sp- like splashes into the water, or they they go underwater and the the cat dragon jumps in after them, mm. and it doesn't make a noise, and it's. It's weird. Yeah. It feels cheap. Yeah. And it feels like I'm out. I'm not. I'm out of the movie. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And I wonder, so that's like, we didn't notice that so much in Peter Pan. That must be either scored through or there's enough set. Like, that's the most recent old movie we've watched. Yeah. And I mean, that was, that kept our attention. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't notice silence if there was. And I think, I think there was plenty of I, I feel like that was scored, if not through, then it was scored a lot. Like you had 
musical cues for Hook. You had the the crocodile song. Yeah. You had Peter Pan's music. And maybe that's just there were more motifs that they had at their disposal. Yeah. But also, I mean, also neither of these mu- these movies are musicals. They have songs in them, but they, they're oh, not musicals. Boy, do they have songs oh, in them. Oh, boy. Rescuers starts with a song, right? Like, they're yeah. mostly sung by... It's probably not Karen Carpenter, but it's like whoever was the off-brand Karen it Carpenter. Is, it is sleepy folk music. Oh, man. It is sleepy as hell. And it's like not even good. It's not even... I don't know. There And there, so it's like... It's all narration. It's like a song happening while there is action as opposed to a song related to the action. Mm-hmm. There's an opening theme. There is, in Rescuers, there is one diegetic song and there's the Rescue Aid Society has their song that they sing at the beginning of meetings and that's fun. Um, but otherwise, there's like a sad song in the beginning, a sad song when like it, in some kind of penny scene later, you know, when you see her kidnapped... And maybe like a love song at the end, because apparently Bernard and Bianca develop a romantic relationship that has no basis in Anything? any of the text. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there are songs in it. And Nim is that way too, although it's Nim less jarring. Nim is that way too. It, it's less jarring and I kind of I kind of got to give it to Nim for having uh, Paul Williams in there. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, say more about that song. Uh, it's not a very good song. It's at the end, right? Yeah. 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 But Paul Williams wrote uh, Rainbow Connection mm. and all the uh, music for the Muppet movie. Yeah. So uh, he gets a pass. So that's interesting because you, you say the Muppet movie. We saw it last week. Yeah, we just saw that. In it the, had a special at, theater uh, run, yeah. uh, like a Fathom Events thing. So we saw it in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Super fun. Muppet movie is square in between this. It's 79, right? Yeah. It's amazingly well paced. So it's, it's yeah, and it's funny. And it's a family movie. Mm-hmm. It's not an animated quote unquote children's movie. Right. I don't know that Don Bluth would have said that Secret of Nim is a specifically children's movie, no. but that's how it was marketed. But so yeah, so I'm watching these two movies, and Nim is paced better. Mm-hmm. It still has some silence that's weird, but in general, it's paced better. Mm-hmm. But especially as I was watching Rescuers, I thought, well, maybe this is just how the 70s were. And like my modern sensibilities, like a faster, you know, I'm a Sesame Street kid. I need yeah. a, you know, a segment change every quick, 30 quick, seconds. Quick. Where's Inch High Private Eye? Come on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then I thought, no, I just saw the Muppet movie. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I'm always interested in what's going on screen. Nothing ever lasts too long, with the exception of the occasional Miss Piggy scene, but that's just a personal problem. That's a personal that problem. That I have with the That's Muppets a Kate franchise. problem. That's not a Miss Piggy I hate problem. Her so much. But like it's quick paced and in I think we were talking about this. You said that Jim Henson is in general more subversive and mm-hmm. more like against the grain for typical genre characteristics at the time but i would say by this by the time the muppet movie comes out muppets are fairly mainstream or at least they're supported by more they're more known yeah yeah Yeah. audience so it's possible to have a fun movie in the 70s rescuers just chooses not to be so now now here's here's the the uh, a counterpoint i'd like to make on this 
Rescuers is not a fun movie. And it is not supposed to be. Sure. I don't think it's supposed to be funny. And I think that's I think that's part of where the pacing falls apart for mm. me. Is like I don't mind the sleepy kind of slow beginnings the like we're like taking our time searching for clues there's a lot of like maybe intentional maybe unintentional silence like i don't mind that until it gets to comedy that isn't funny <laughs> because that's where this movie was testing my patience okay uh, say I, more i i i just i loved the action scenes i love yeah. Like the, any scene with, with Penny just being sweet and adorable and loving She's her. She's very compelling. Loving her bear so much. Um, awesome. And like, I, I didn't mind, um, what's her name? Medusa and yeah. her like. Those are, yeah. Her dude she beats up. Yeah. Um, th- there's like a lot of interesting, compelling stuff. But then they were like. They like threw in some comedy, which like one, there's Bob Newhart who's not really doing jokes. No. And then there's um, a bird. That's correct. In this movie, who's played by um, I forget his Jim name already. Jordan. Jim Jordan, who is Fibber McGee on Fibber McGee and Molly, uh, as we all know. I just shrugged my shoulders. Uh, Fibber McGee and Molly was a uh, I, I assume a vaudeville act. And then a radio show mm, uh, back when that makes sense. radio comedy was the thing that you would listen to. I've listened to quite a bit of Fibber McGee and Molly because I worked at a job once uh, where I needed things to listen to and podcasts weren't really a thing yet. All right. So it was uh, Fibber McGee and Molly. It was um, uh, Abbott and Costello. Uh, not Abbott and Costello. Um, yeah, Abbott and Costello. Uh, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I understand that thinking about this character. Yeah. To me, yeah, this character is like the stated, I feel like the directors and the story writers were like, this story is kind of like a little bit dark and it's like dramatic. We need to have a comic character. We got to put a funny one in. And as that, I understand it. Like, I think I'm most interested in his voice out of all the characters because they're like, he's doing something with it. I kind of feel like he's um, he's like the Buddy Hackett of this oh, movie. Oh, absolutely. Right? Where they're like, oh, like let's get an old comedian yeah. to do a funny thing. A, a, a funny bird. Yeah, a funny bird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Buddy Hackett played Scuttle in yeah. Little Mermaid. Like, funny bird. Let's go. And like what the the jokes are that he's like bad at flying. He's like pretty, he he's runs a flying. flight service, like an yeah. airline service, but bird he's a bird he's the plane it's true um and he's bad at that's, flying that's the joke that's the joke that's the one joke over he's and in over like again 20 minutes of then, this 100 no and, and set 80 minute movie and bernard says like five times in the movie i wish we would have taken a train yeah like Apparently over and over again that's based on bob newhart doesn't like flying so the character Great. trait. i bet that yeah. joke would have worked better if it, he only said it once yeah um yeah, like the the comedy in this doesn't work and no. th- in fairness the same can be said for Nim. There is a there's uh, also a quote unquote funny bird yep. played by a comedian. Uh, in this case Dom Deluise who 
I guess Don Bluth really wanted to make his like his Robin Williams or his. Well, Dom DeLuise appears in several Don Bluths. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah he's in this. He's in uh, American, American Tale, Tale, and then he's like a fe- he's like one of the biggest roles in American Tale: Five Goes West. Yeah. And he's John Ratzenberger. Yeah, he's his Ratzenberger. Yeah, and he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Kinda. So this character, okay, the character Jeremy, Jeremy the Crow. Movie. His thing is, he's like obnoxious. He's bad at strings, but he collects strings, so he's always getting caught up in strings. And Miss Brisby is like, he really wants a girl. The scene, the scene that they meet, basically, she spends the entire scene like gnawing away at strings he's caught himself into, and yeah. then he does it again. And I find myself as an audience member being frustrated by this character. And we we were as I'm we on were, Mrs. Brisby's side, yeah. and he's just getting tangled. So the comedy to me in this character comes from Miss Brisby, like yes. several times in the movie after this first scene. He's like, What can I do to help? And she's like, uh find some strings for me. I really go, need strings. Go collect all the strings. She's bullshitting, which is yeah. hilarious. Like She's like, oh, this guy's going to slow me down. I just need to come up with a dumb project for him to do. And That's funny. And this is a mom move and yeah. a teacher move. Yes, it is. I know this because you have described <laughs> using this move on your students that are just being obnoxious. Can you please like, do this for me? Can you be in charge of this? Yeah, I'm, oh, in, I'm charge. in charge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's funny, but... Then you like follow him on the misadventure for too long. Don't need that. So when we're watching this, we're thinking like, oh, he must have been a really big character in the book and people would have been pissed and if he had been cut out. That's what I said. You're like, yeah. why is he in here? I'm like, you know what? I bet he's a huge character in the book. Yeah. If you cut him out, people are going to be so upset because their favorite character is gone. Turns out, uh, like the what we have learned from Wikipedia is like... He's a very minor part in the book. His role was greatly expanded for the movie. <laughs> what? Why? Why? I I know I know they felt they needed comedy. I and I think you and can give is, it to like Mr. Yeah. Ages. Like this kind of like somewhat bumbling, very like kind of nerdy intellectual mouse who's always who's like trying to get these experiments together. Yeah. I think you could have given more to him. The kids do do some good comedy work. Yeah. The the mice kids, um, yeah. I think I, I think you could have brought it in there. I think Jeremy is an entirely worthless character. And I I really would love to have seen this movie be more, uh, more focused on Brisby and the adventure and the action and her development and as a... and less focused on mm-hmm. like what what feels like which was it probably wasn't but feels like a studio note. Mm. Right, it's Don Blue's studio, so he wasn't yeah. getting noted. But it feels like a studio note. He noted like, himself. Hey, if you don't put a, if I mean, like we were talking about with Hunchback, mm. right? Yeah, Which yeah. is like kind of a really strong, serious movie that also has comedy that kind of slows it down and doesn't really yeah. work. Is like we got to put a funny character in for the kids to love. It's like mm, no, kids love good characters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I feel like I feel like we're complaining. Good thing a funny bird was never used again. I just yeah. But I do But Scuttle has done well. And also I remember 
again, haven't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember liking the bird in Rescuers Down Under. Is it not the same bird? I think it's the same bird. It looks like the same bird. Yeah. But I'm saying I, I remember liking him. Well, we'll do that next mouse month. Next mouse month. Oh, boy. So, Dick, I think it's time. Yeah. For the final cut. I think it's time for the final cut, Kate. Final cut. Cape cut. Cape cut. Dick, if you were to shout out a scene... From Ooh. the movie The Rescuers. Okay. Uh, what what movie? What movie? Uh, <laughs> what rescuers. movie would it be? The Rescuers. Oh, hey. If I was going to shout out a scene from The Rescuers, um, it would be the scene where um, we finally see the thing that Penny is dreading. Mm-hmm. Um, is Medusa and... Snopes? Guy. Snoops? Snopes? Yeah, probably. S- yeah. Um, yeah, he is Snopes. Um, he after this movie, he founded a website. Founded a website based on uh, fact checking. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so they they put Penny in this bucket uh, and then put her down into like a cave because she can fit and neither of them can. Mm-hmm. And we see like Bianca and Bernard are down there. We follow them down with Penny, and it's scary. Like it's it's a weird abandoned cave. I don't I don't love tight spaces. I'm not. I wouldn't describe myself as claustrophobic. I've been, you know, spelunking. I've been like cave diving. I've done that stuff. It didn't bother me, but it, it like there is something about it, and about having no escape, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in in this cave, there's this big pit. And this pit is where, when the, like, tides rise, the water comes in. Yeah. And, like, when they, like, there's a, there's a bit where they, like, fall into it, and then it splashes them up, and it's just, it's so effectively done, and it's such a tense scene that, like, you know, even though, like, 20 seconds later, it had cut from a completely different scene. And I was like, wait, is there a scene missing? Um, (laughs) But this, this like this cave sequence is just so effective that Mm. I just like, I was like riveted. Um, So yeah. Yeah. It's a good set. Yeah. It's a, it's, and it's, it's a clever set piece and you know, the stakes, Mm -hmm. the water is going to rise in that hole. Yeah. When the water rises, you are in trouble. You've been your expectation has been set. You know what the danger is. The danger comes. They escape the danger. It's it's mm, mm-hmm. it's so well done. So, Kate, if you had to pick a, a scene from the Rescuers, um, what movie would it be? <laughs> also, the Rescuers. Whoa. We agree on what, that. What what scene do you, do you want to call it? So, I'm also going to focus on a penny centric scene because I think she is the strongest character in the movie. So good. There is a scene. Um, so Bianca and Bernard get to this devil's bayou where she is, um, where she has been kidnapped and they are like first observing her specifically. And she's been sent to her room by these evil people. Um, you'll have to find the diamond tomorrow. And she, uh, puts on her jammies and she says her prayers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the scene is so lovely cause she's saying like, there's just this, you don't know very much about Penny. And I feel like this is a weakness of the movie that they could have 
really dug into this character. Like, she's the most likable person in the movie. She's got, like, this spunk that you don't... I um, I read about a year ago. Uh, I found the book on the New York Public Library's, like, here are ebooks website, right? It's um, over... What is it? I don't... Over... Over... No. Was it Lord of the Rings? It was the... It, there's an app. Anyway, it's the New York Public Library's electronic books and I was looking up various things and they're like here's this book on Disney females I'm like great and I get it and it's basically like I think someone's dissertation in a book form (laughs) but it's um I'll post the real title but it's something like good girls and um wicked witches females in Disney movies I remember when you were so it's yeah it's a study of like Snow White through I think it's only through the Renaissance at that point so I think it's Snow White through Mulan and um one of the theses by the end is that Disney does not let its adults, females, do much, but it lets its girls do a lot. Mm. Wendy, Alice, yep. Penny are three that are kind of lifted up in this in this research as like these females have a lot of agency. They get to have like well-rounded personalities with like strengths and flaws that you don't see in many many adult females in Disney movies. Yeah, we're um, we're introduced like the first time we see Penny like in the in the swamp, she's running away. Yeah. Like she is I mean, yeah, she's, she's like, sending this message in a bottle she's to not whoever scared will of these alligators. Nope. She like fights back against Yeah. It's like a running gag that she gets like picked up by the britches by these alligators and she's like uh, this again, uh, like, again. <laughs> like, like I'll do better next time. I'll, I'll escape you. But so anyway, she's saying her prayers and, and she's, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, please help me get out of this situation. Uh, running away is not working the way that I thought, <laughs> uh, which is lovely. Yeah. She's like four in this movie, four or five. And she gives this really, like, sincere and spunky prayer, opens her eyes. There are two mice in front of her. (laughs) And they're like, Penny? And she's like, "Uh, who are you? Like, she's not scared. She's not phased. She's just like, oh, new friends. Um, Hello, hello, mice. And just that scene I really love because it it humanizes her and this like she's still doing her daily routines she's been kidnapped to this totally weird environment with these terrible people she's still saying her nightly prayers she's framing it as like a running away has not worked out for me right now like she's both aware and and like naively unaware of Mm -hmm. her situation which is very real for a child and then she's like, cool, now there's mice. Yeah. I, I found myself like crying and then laughing immediately. She's, she's such a sweet character. And I'm so glad you called out this scene because this is the other scene that I wanted to call mm. out in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, so effective. We need a Penny movie. Yeah, I love this it's kid. It's not this, but we I need a Penny movie. I love this kid so much. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. So in The Secret of Nim. Penny is Ooh. not in this movie. Penny's not in this Unfortunately. movie. Mm. Uh, a scene shout out. Oh okay. man, I'm starting on Nim too. All right. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Secret We're of Nim. We're taking turns. 
it's going to be there's I think there's a lot of there aren't any any scenes in Secret of Nim that really hit me emotionally like those scenes with Penny. Um, but there's like a lot of cool stuff going on. And so for me, it's going to be the initial, um, the, the first time Mrs. Brisby walks into the rose bush and we see this underground rat lair mm. and we see like one, like, first off, we see all this amazing lighting and like these cool electronics and these machines, which like, you could tell Don Bluth loves drawing machines because he sure does. Mice operating machinery comes back in American Tale, mm. and it's like bigger machines, but it's it's like cogs and wheels. And yeah, you that's can interesting. Tell he loves cogs and wheels, and even like Anastasia, those train scenes are really detailed and really fun. detailed. Yeah. yeah, he likes him some machinery, um, and he he does it well. So good for him. Um. And then, like, so, like, one, we are experiencing this, like, new world with her. And we're getting some world building in a way that, like, I feel like a lot of movies don't do. And it's something, like, I, I, I like, complained on Twitter. I'm like, I need more movies where the first half hour is just world building. Like, <laughs> Jurassic. I watched half of Jurassic World just for the world building. Because I'm like, ah, this movie kind of sucks, but the beginning's neat. <laughs> or Jurassic Park or Jaws, where it's just like, cool. Half hour, we're just going to introduce you to this island. Then there's going to be a shark thing. Um, and I think that this this movie does some world building at the beginning. And it does this awesome bit of world building in the middle where you're like learning a little bit about rat society through Mrs. Brisby's eyes. And then as you're like in awe, as you're fascinated by this, wham an axe drops like right in front of her this dude chases her she's running from him and like she's running frantic and like there there's like one point where she's like trying to run but she can't really make headway in water and it's good because if she had run she would have got hit by the axe like this is it's such an like it's such an effective like kind of a jump scare and really again a really i guess scary scene which is something i don't feel like animated movies do a lot of yeah i don't feel like like i don't feel like i've said that i'm i've seen a scary scene in any of the movies we've watched so far there are scary moments but to have an to have it extended into a scene is rare yeah Uh, i'll also say uh that i didn't know how this movie would end uh, at the end, Miss Brisby's house is like sinking into mud. Yeah. And then it goes under the mud. Yeah. I was like, oh. Oh, her four children. They just killed four children. Just died. <laughs> uh, I legitimately thought that was how it was going to end. And mm. I was like, this is fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not how it ended. Then it was saves fine. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kate, do you have a call out? And I hope it wasn't that scene where no, Miss Brisbane's so children almost die. It would have been that, but no. Oh, not not the scene where her children oh, okay. almost die. So that scene is interesting because she saves the like. There's this big like moment where the necklace, the gem, starts to work by itself, and yeah. it recalls back Nicodemus's words that the courage of heart. And there's a great like score. The um, I don't have the name in front of me, but the person who scored is this it Jerry movie, Goldsmith. I'll look it up. I don't know. Um, the person who scored this movie says it's it like 
to this day is his favorite score that he's ever written. It's, a, it's his first score and it's his favorite score he's ever written. It. And I get it. Like the music is so effective at that point where the cinder block rises up. I feel Jerry Goldsmith. Got it. Um, I feel like what it needs is like a few seconds in. I feel like you need one of the kids to like peek out and be like and like add that kind of human character connection. And that's what I'm missing from that. The Mm. music is carrying all of the weight. And I feel like you see one set of mouse eyes and that would just like, oh, right. So that's not my scene because it's missing mouse eyes. But what is your scene? My scene is when Miss Brisby is caught in the mouse cage in the house. So she, um, she makes it, she puts the sleeping powder in, we didn't even talk about this, in Dragon the Cat's food because her husband had been doing that for several years because the cat is a terrible like wolf cat creature. This cat is frightening. Unless his food is drugged and then he just sleeps. Which earlier in the film you hear like the the wife of the household say yeah. like, oh, you have never seen this cat so lazy. And it turns out, Rats have been drugging him for years. Yeah, for years. Awesome. So she is tasked with this cat drugging uh, thing, (laughs) (laughs) like momentarily. Like, we don't have another person that's small enough. She's like, I'll do it. So she does that, but ultimately she gets trapped by this boy, the boy in the house who wants to keep her as a pet. So she's in this hanging cage, and she is trying to escape, and she like, she's doing all these things to escape, and she can't figure out a way, and then she cuts her arm, again, blood, and she dips it in this like water trough. And as she's dipping it, she sees her hand, like the enlargement of her hand in the water, which is a cool animation effect. Mm-hmm. And then realizes, oh, this trough extends outside the cage. Yeah. I can go in this water, get outside the cage, unlock the thing. And it's all non-verbally. Like she's the only mm-hmm. one there, so there's no reason for her to be speaking. It feels very much like a standard Pixar moment to me where like you see exactly the thought process of this character and not a word is said and it's not she hasn't like searched and like found with her eyes this angle it's because her hand is bleeding that she dips it in the water it's like this domino effect Mm -hmm. of events and then she eventually gets out that way and I just really did that it stuck with me as like oh this is a cool moment and this is not the story people thought about this moment and yeah. thought about multiple ways to do this and someone came up with this and it was decided that this was the best idea in the room it's like you could see yeah. the creative process and the decision making process which only comes when you're really concerned about the story and the animation when she is like because she like has to push the thing out and mm-hmm. she can't push it out that far. Her head is like slightly too big for the opening. And she's like scrabbling to try and get out. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's so effective. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's like this moment of tension where I'm just like, oh, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Nice. Kate, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, ask you to talk again. Okay. Uh, I want to know if you're going to pick between these two movies. You Uh can pick characters, creators, however you want. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick one MVP. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's your MVP of these two movies? I'm going to pick Penny. Nice. Uh, She's got 
character definition. She's got strengths and flaws, like naivetes, um, and she's someone that you really want to root for. No. Um, yeah. And, and like, Mrs. Brisby is a strong lead as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could have had a little bit of penny dust uh, added to her character, and it would have helped. No. Um, it would have just pushed it over the edge. But, yeah, Penny is, like, a, to me, even even slash especially with the Renaissance, is like a standout female character in Disney canon. That like, nice. I, it's, it's like so unexpected for like, I feel like I know the beats of a Disney film and I know what Disney characters are and Penny does not fit the mold. Yeah. And it's great. And like, as far as like the, um, like she could have been a little orphan Annie. Like I'm precocious. Right. And like she is precocious, uh-huh. kind of, but she might not be if she hadn't been kidnapped. Right, and hadn't been an orphan looking for a family. And like right. one of the things um, the villain uses to like kind of stick a knife in her Oof. is because you see a little bit of backstory with them. The Bernard and Bianca find this cat in the orphanage that knew mm-hmm. Penny. He tells a little bit of backstory, and like one of the things is that she doesn't think she's pretty enough to be adopted. Mm-hmm. That these other girls are prettier, and when Medusa has a short scene with her, that's like, oh, if I find the diamond, like, will you adopt me? Oh no, sweetie, you're far too homely to be adopted. And it's like this dumb premise. Like, I don't want to give, uh, you know, credence to this idea of like beauty being what a female's worth is but like for a four-year-old we're like I I don't I you know and this kind of external thing that you're not really sure the four-year-old is buying into it's effective it it as an external thing such a mean scene so mean I was so furious at our bad guy (laughs) right there I was like up until then, Medusa was just kind of like, oh, she's, she's zany. She's kind of, you know, uh, she wants a diamond. Yeah. And she was just horrible in that moment. I was like, yeah. oh, she's she's a bad guy. I hate her. Yeah. Whoa. Like Penny tears up. And like, so she has these. And then little, we tear up. Yeah. And then. Penny. It's a whole thing. Dick, do you have an MVP? Oh boy! Um, so I was gonna, I was gonna pick Penny. If you didn't, you could pick Penny. No, I mean, you She's know, great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and switch it up. I'm gonna try and switch it up. Um, Justin. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's, I think it's gonna be Mrs. Brisby. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be our other like, like female. Lead. I mean, I guess Bianca is the female lead of Rescuers, but Penny's the lead. Um, so this is gonna be Mrs. Brisby. I think she's a. Uh, she, there could have been more done with her to develop her. Mm-hmm. Um, but her like her dedication to getting stuff done, mm-hmm. and her despite uh, uh, experiencing all these crazy ass things like. Oh, suddenly we're in a magical rat kingdom, and it turns out my husband was like a secret mouse rat spy that <laughs> that would have lived to be a thousand years old or something. Yeah, she takes that in stride. She sure and does. And she's like, "That's all great, 
Timmy's still sick. Timmy is sick. And we sick, need to move my home. And he is stuck in, in the house. And we can't move him from the house because it's too chilly and he'll die if he goes outside. So we need to move the house. Mm-hmm. That's her whole thing. Um, and like she gets, I think she gets a little sidetracked uh, on occasion. But generally, it keeps, like, despite, like, um, like seeing that owl, which that owl is so well animated. Yeah. It's so cool. He doesn't have pupils. He's, he's so big and yeah. just like, ah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, despite all of that, she's like, uh, I just want my kids back. <laughs> so, yeah. We all yeah. want the same thing. Mrs. Brisby. Nice. Oh, thanks. All right. Crossover. I'm going to make Utah Oh, again. my God. Uh, so we're going to cross over these two films in some way. What are you going to do? I'm going to cross over. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. It's going to be like, um, I'm going to take the bird from Rescuers, put him in, um, Secret of Nim. Uh-huh. Take everything else from Secret of Nim except Jeremy and put it in Rescuers and just leave the <laughs> birds in their own movie. The birds have their own movie. Um I mean maybe maybe that would make them better if they were like riffing off each other. They were like both in a comedy movie of their own. Mm-hmm. Um uh like as a more serious crossover um I think Miss Brisby would be great in the Rescue Aid Society. Yeah. Like, she rescues her kids. I'd love to see her, like, I'd love to see her on more mouse adventures. uh, Yeah, I want her to be an adventure mouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Adventure mouse. What about you? Um, I, so, what I kind of want to (laughs) do is, so these two villains or stated villains the villains aren't the most important part of either of these movies Mm -hmm. it's more the circumstance that is the antagonist um but the two villains are interesting i like medusa a lot i like jenner a lot there's jenner the rat we have barely talked about him because he's not super important but there's a scene that's like the mice debating like isolationism versus yeah. aid to others in need. I think there are some interesting political themes there. And Jenner is like very much like Medusa is like a, she could be sisters with Corella DeVille in terms of her animation. No. Um, I feel like Jenner is the first chronological instance of a renaissance villain in terms of its visual style like Mm. he's very close to scar he's very close to gaston gaston rasputin like there's a lot of modern character or like i mean radigan because he's also a rat but (laughs) um (laughs) mouse month so many mice and rats um but i think he's super interesting so i kind of want to captain planet these two villains and make them better like more powerful than the sum of their parts because i feel like they're interesting parts of their movies but they could be more interesting like there's more to play with so maybe just combining their like sheer screen brilliance not necessarily character like yeah personality characteristics I don't really super know where I'm going with this. That's all right. Can I can I call out real quick? Sure. Uh, like, 
like a little mini scene shout out. Uh-huh. So first off, um, Medusa's animation. Mm-hmm. Medusa's animation. There we go. That's how you say that word. Animation. Is awesome. Mm-hmm. The way she sits down is like, I, I don't know. She sits down like butt and then like back and legs there's some ursula right yeah there's like some early ursula yeah she has like a really interesting way of moving and uh yeah they really figured out her weight yes and there's a scene where penny uh imitates her Mm -hmm. and they start they they do and the way they animate penny like Uh they don't just animate her the same way they animate her like a like a girl would imitate this woman who moves right. in this weird fluid way. So fun. Yeah. Like that is a scene where the comedy worked in this movie. Yes. Basically yeah. Penny. Penny. Penny worked in this movie. Penny worked in this So movie. good. Yeah. Yeah, but she's also got those like um, concentric circle eyes when she gets really batty. Yeah. And that's like a Jungle Book, 101 yeah. Dalmatians thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind there not being strong villains, but... I think these are two opportunities that you could really play off of them. Nice. Mm. All right. So the final, (laughs) final cut. Is it time? Cut. It it is. I guess it is. Wow. It sure is. Wow. Dick. Yeah. Rescuers. Do you Mm re-release special edition or vault it? Um, my answer for these is going to sound real similar both times. Mm Mm-hmm. Rescuers, here's what I do. I, I do a special edition. Um, so, to, again, to, to clarify to anyone who's not listened to an episode before, the idea of this segment is we can uh, either re-release a movie as it is, do some sort of special edition, which is usually like some cuts or edits. An but alteration of some sort. Sometimes it's turning it into a ride. Sometimes it's putting it in a museum or whatever. We're trying not to do that as We're much. We're trying anymore. not to do that one as much. And then the final is throw it into the Disney Vault, never to be seen again. Or in this case, the Bluth Vault. Um, wait, which movie did you say first? Rescuers. Then in this case, the Disney Vault. He worked on it. It can be thrown in his. There vault you go. Too. Um, I I want to I want this movie to be updated. Um. I want to be special editioned. I want score throughout, or at least through the scenes where it makes sense to have a score. That means most of the action scenes and comedy scenes. I want some of the comedy scenes taken away, and I would like more emphasis placed on the mystery and the action and the the heart of this film, which is Penny. Like, a more Penny-centric focus. Um... But yeah, like just embrace the fact that this is not going to be a funny movie and just like have just have fun with it. Yep. Have fun doing action. Have fun making me scared. That alteration to me sounds like you're keeping roughly 8% of the movie. I I think that's I think I'm keeping 80% of the movie. I think I'm ditching some comedy. Oh, okay. And I'm doing I'm, taking, I'm ditching some of the comedy. I'm replacing it with like more penny or more action. Mm-hmm. And then I'm rescoring it because there's just not, there's not much score. Well, there's no score. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, and I'm taking out those sleepy songs. Yeah. 
I remake this as Penny's movie. Like, there's a good plot in here, but it's Penny's, and you get to see a third of Penny's plot. Yeah. Um, but it's concurrent with the timeline of the movie. So why aren't you just seeing the whole? Like, the mice are not interesting. You could make the mice more interesting, but yeah. I don't care. Like, Penny's already interesting. Let's focus on that. She has a backstory of the orphanage. You don't see the scene where, like, Medusa and Snopes entice her. Like, you don't know she's running away, really, until she says running away didn't work out so well. Mm-hmm. You kind of have maybe, like, some implicit stuff. Anyway, just follow Penny. Maybe the rescuers are, like, a B character in it. Can I can I pitch a way to, to, to bring those sure. together? So, um, we've got a cat in the orphanage. Yes, um, we do. Who also... I really enjoy. I just mm-hmm. really enjoy Penny and this cat. Yeah, like holding a cat the way a four-year-old holds a yeah. cat. Hilarious to me. Um, but like maybe the rescuers live in that orphanage and are friends with Penny, and then one day she is not there. Yeah, and that's how they go on this adventure. But that's also how we keep Penny as like a main character in this. Yeah, movie. it's like Timon and Pumbaa going on adventure yeah. to save Simba. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I can see that. Yeah, so I just kind of re realign the perspective. Mm-hmm. It could be the same story, but you focus it on Penny and it's going to be a lot better. That's true. That's correct. Secret of Name. Oof. Re-release. Special edition. The Road in the Vault. Uh, re-release. Mm-hmm. This movie did not get its due credit. Um, after watching it, I said this might be my favorite Don Bluth movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it might be my favorite one. Like, Anastasia is a strong contender. But Anastasia is a different universe of Don Bluth. It does not feel like the same company yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, like, this might be my favorite Don Bluth movie. I think people need to see it and see it uh, in its original form. I did not like the comedy mm-hmm. maybe it works better for other people maybe Dom DeLuise uh, playing a character that is not drawn like Dom DeLuise is great for other people I think he works really well as Tiger in American Tale well so I would argue that that character is drawn Dom DeLuise and this other one isn't so it's weird to hear him like Dom DeLuise is not long right in any way, but this character is long. Like the right. cat is like fat and we, stout. You're agreeing with me. Okay. Yes. Great. Um, yeah, uh, he is playing a character that doesn't doesn't like, doesn't look like him and isn't drawn to emote like him. Got it. And it kind of doesn't make sense. I do agree with that. As Tiger in American Tale, that character is like drawn to be roly, like mm-hmm. like not just fat. Yeah. But like. He he laughs and he rolls and he laughs out of control. And Tom DeLuise does those things where he like laughs uncontrollably. Jeremy is not made for that. Mm-mm. Tiger is made for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, that that aside, um, I, I say release this as it is. I want people to see this movie. Yeah. I think I, I special edition with the fixes we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. I think... I do think the like her distracting Jeremy is funny. So like, you cut her initial scene with Jeremy and like 
in in a quarter. Like you yeah. use twenty five percent of it. Um, it's very long. And then you add in a few lines about my husband made all the brave choices. Yeah. I'm not that mouse. And then it's all, and then the rest is there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's all I do. I think that's correct. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. uh, we are halfway done with mouse month. We're halfway done with mouse month. Wait, is this a three paycheck month or is this a normal this is month? It. How well, many Mondays are there in August? There are only two fortnights. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So okay, you'll y'all are... have to tune in next time to see what Mouse Month uh, installations there are. <laughs> Hint, they've both been mentioned. Both movies have been mentioned Ooh. in this podcast. So, you know, go back and listen again. But if you don't want to listen again, that's okay. You can just go to our social media instead. We're not going to give hints there, but also you should just go to our social media. Yeah. Uh, Dick, we're on Twitter. Uh, Cellmates Podcast. Facebook. Cellmates Podcast. Email. Cellmates Podcast at gmail.com. And internet. Cellmates Podcast.com. That's correct. Uh, and you can find us on the various uh, pod catchers is that what they're called your podcast listening apps um if you're not the downloading type uh we're also on youtube Mm -hmm. um just search for cellmates podcast you can find it it's not too tricky to find so yeah um if you have guesses of what the two other mouse month movies are oh yeah uh, let us know and we'll give some kind of on-air non-prize for correct guesses and uh if you have suggestions for some movies that you'd like to see paired up uh whether it's one pair of movies or you want to give us a list of like 20 thank you rachel we love seeing these pairs um it's super fun to see what other people put together as like here are two movies that are connected like wait how are this Ooh, i get it but also here's a movie and we right. say what? Like we we like Care Bears in Wonderland. Care Bears in Wonderland and uh, the Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah, the new one. Uh, mm-hmm. Which we wasn't even on our radar, I yeah. don't think. And then it's one of my favorite movies I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, please give us all the suggestions. You have that power. Um, and of course, uh, hashtag uh, do all the Land Before Time movies. Hashtag Mouse Month. <laughs> Uh, all right uh for cellmates podcast i've been dick ward i'm kate phillips rats off to you squeak It's like a fog has lifted. What's that from? It's like some ice has melted. Anyway. And it's like the ice has melted. What's that from? And at last I see the juice. (laughs) And it's fuchsia, dark and sweet. Wait, I can't go that high. Mm -hmm.